Hi, and welcome to Security Explained. I'm Chris Grayson. I'm Drew Porter. And I'm Logan Lamb. We're coming to you every two weeks with tips and tricks on how to protect yourself and your loved ones out there on the internet and in real life. Welcome, welcome. It is March 29th that we're recording this. Um, and man, like we, we've we've kind of changed strategies for, for listeners that have been listening for a bit. We've changed strategies here and there. Uh, and, and so we're doing more interviews these days. And also, one of the things that makes it easy for us to get episodes out is when there's crazy security stuff in the news. Um, so this... Uh, <laughs> We are sponsored by Okta for for this. Oh God! This oh God! <laughs> just kidding! Just kidding! We are not sponsored by Okta at all. Um, but we are going to talk about the Okta breach. Um, I guess well, it's not really the Okta breach, but Okta had an incident or an incident affecting them, um, and that's what we're going to be focusing on today. And I think Drew, you're the one that came up with the name and said that we should put it on some T-shirts of Ufta, uh, which I think is pretty pretty prescient um but yeah just to just to set the stage here so for anyone that has not heard of okta before basically okta is um this authentication provider this sso provider that i've been aware of since like since drew you and i were working together at a consultancy years ago um and so it's 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 been around for a while and the thing that really gets me well actually i'll tell a little bit more about basically what okta does is it's an identity management platform that will gate access to all of your websites. Um, it's a single sign-on provider. And basically, you can create an account within Okta, and then that will then provide access to all of the other uh, vendor sites at your company for the specific user. So for instance, let's say that you have like a handful of different teams. You have like an engineering team, you have a marketing team, you have um, you know, a legal team. And these different teams will need access to different tools depending on what they need to do for their job. Um, and that access is something that historically has been pretty hard to control because it's like before, before SSO became like a really big thing, you would have, you know, username and password logins for all these different sites. And, and, you know, myself as a pen tester, that was, that was my bread and butter. Like basically if you start compromising credentials, just because there's credentials being used all over the place, um, you know, and, and they're all like disparate systems. If you don't have them behind SSO, that's typically a, a, a great advantage for for anybody attacking your system. So Okta comes into this space; they're they're a leader in this space. And I'll tell you, before this event, before this incident, I was an Okta fanboy. Like I would recommend it everywhere that I worked. I would used it at pretty much every job that I've had, um, even since since my days in, in pen testing. And the thing that I've been saying with this is like, man, seeing Octa get popped in this way is like seeing the pastor get arrested. Like it's it's just the like ah oh, you were supposed to be the one you were the one that was gonna like I I you know put my my reputation and name on the line for you and and here we are um, as a result of this just kind of not even sophisticated attack. Uh, it's just not. I don't know. It is not. Um, not what I would have expected or liked to see from a company that is so uh, important, especially within like American technology companies, Western technology companies. Like they, it, if I was if I was looking to disrupt a significant amount of Western technology, Okta would be a great target, just because mm -hmm. of the amount of access that they have. So, um, 
Yeah, so let's dive into it. Does that, hey, that, either of y'all want comments on that? Yeah. yeah, uh, uh, yeah go, go ahead, Logan. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, before we go on, Chris, if you, what would you recommend now instead of Octa? Because I agree, it, it's not a good look. I, but I don't know what altern- alternative there really is. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I would imagine that as a result of this, we're probably going to see some uh, some competitors start gaining additional uh, advantage in, in the space. I will say that I'm actually currently in the process of evaluating SSO providers in my role. Um, and Okta was the front runner, like literally in conversations with them about like, OK, let's start onboarding. Yeah. And then this happened. So I, I don't know who's going to win out at this point. Like my I'm currently leaning towards not Okta. Um, just to, but I, I, I don't actually, I don't actually know who, who the best competitor is at this point. Um, but I, I think that like this incident, um, that there is what Okta said initially, like, like the scope of the, the incident, but the additional information that I've gotten since, uh, has been what has disqualified them as an option, um, for this space. So, so that's, yeah, that, that's, that's my comment. Drew, what were you going to say? Yeah. Now. Is it the breach that disappoints you uh, and the the lack of complexity around that? Or is it their handling of the breach that disappoints you? Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> for me, it's the response. <clears throat> yeah. The, I would say it's the response, right? Like yeah. people going to get hacked, um, even though this, this one's quite embarrassing. Like yeah. what major uh, Western company has not been hacked at this point? Everyone's getting popped. Yeah. <laughs> everybody it and, happens and, to everybody if you're sufficiently crazy, big you're gonna get you're gonna get got yep and and the crazy part is is like getting popped isn't like a business ending item though a lot of security people would have you believe that it is like the end oh, of the yeah. world uh target is still around in fact i think target is worth more now than they were when they were popped yeah um, same with home depot yeah um, I, I immediately think of equifax so yeah. well I, I and you know it's funny <laughs> i have like for a number of times when a big incident came out, like when Twitter had their big hack thing where, where it led, and honestly, it, so we'll, we'll get into this in a bit. There are some striking similarities between how Twitter got popped and how Okta got popped here, even down to the like age of the people compromising them and the approach. Uh, but I was like, oh, Twitter got popped. Their stock is totally going to drop. So I like bought a bunch of puts um, and then yeah. lost all my money on them. Uh, <laughs> like it is, it is. If anything, there is evidence that a breach actually makes your valuation go up. Like I think Equifax is is like one of the ones that it's not the case for. I think Okta's gone down a little bit. I'm sure they'll return. Well, maybe they'll return. Well, they've been going down for like the last six months. Yeah, so, I know. I know. Um, just been <laughs> I have a bunch of Okta stock. <laughs> Do stonks not only go up anymore? Apparently not. No. Not bullshit. Not, not since COVID. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, let's let's. Um, because we, we we keep talking about some of the some of the like things that have happened here, so let's real quick talk about what actually happened to Okta. Um, and so I'll give the the high level, and then you you guys can jump in. But basically, current understanding is that a uh, so BPO what what's the what does BPO stand for? Business is it business business process, process, outsourcing? process. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, business process outsourcing. Um, basically you're a company, you want scaled support. You don't want to hire a massive support staff full-time internally. So you will outsource that to a BPO. Um, and the BPO is effectively more or less like a digital call center where they're going to handle your support tickets. Um, maybe not escalations, but basically they're the first line of support. So it's a way for you to get like cost effective support at scale. 
Um, and so there was a BPO provider that Okta was contracting to, and one of the machines at this BPO provider got compromised. And and you know I've I've been saying for a bit like if I was if I was targeting like Western technology or even Western businesses, I think one of the one of the big and it wasn't a specific company that I was targeting. One of the best ways to go after them is actually going after these BPO um, providers because. You know, a single employee at a BPO provider probably doesn't only work in, in conjunction with Okta, but they also mm -hmm. probably are, are doing scaled support for a number of other companies. So you have an individual laptop that has some level of administrative access to tooling for a number of companies, and you have to pop that lap that, that one device, and then you get access to all of them. And I'm willing to bet that Cytel, which is the BPO uh, uh, provider here, probably works with a bunch of different companies. So it's not only Okta that this that this attacker got access to. But basically, through social engineering, it's not clear what all was involved in the social engineering. But through social engineering, this quote unquote ransomware hacker group called Lapsus gained access to uh, a machine uh, at the BPO provider. And on that machine, uh, they were able to then gain access to administrative tooling within uh, for, for, for Okta. And if you think about... Um, Let's say that you're a customer of Octa's. Well, what what sort of support do you actually need? It's going to be like, okay, well, I need somebody to like reconfigure stuff on Octa. I need somebody to troubleshoot an account that got locked out. It's all around identity management and authentication, right? So I would think that somebody that is acting as a BPO provider contractor for Octa would have access to some pretty sensitive tooling. Um, so So this happened. They got access to the administrative tooling. And then uh, Okta was like, oh, yeah, well, it only affected 2.5% um, of our customers. Oh. No, no, first they said it didn't affect anyone. Yeah, oh, that was the yeah. initial response. Yeah, didn't it? Jeez. Yeah, and then 2.5%. And, then <laughs> and, and I think one of, uh, one of uh, Logan and I's other friends was like, ah, yeah, the classic uh, state of percentage rather than a hard number so that it seems smaller than it is. Mm -hmm. um, which I, I'm pretty sure if you kind of like plotted out all of Okta's customers and said like, what percentage of Okta's customers contribute 90 plus percent of their revenue? I think 2.5% is probably a good ballpark <laughs> <The> answer. <estimate. laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's, that's the, that's the public statement is that at the, Oh, I guess they, they updated the statement as well to say it was 366 customers uh, were affected, but they weren't really affected. It was just like they had admin tooling. It's totally cool. No worries. It was just a contractor. They didn't really have access to do anything. Um, and that was the, the public statement. So core identity management platform used by some of the most important Western technology companies in existence uh, was compromised through a BPO contractor who had administrative access to their, their support tooling. Um, but uh, don't worry about it. And that's the, that's the state. Yeah, don't worry about it. Um, so, like, I guess some of the possible attack scenarios is bad guys could have created new accounts for some of these affected companies or reset the credentials for existing accounts and taken those over. Are those the vectors y'all are thinking of? Yeah, so uh, resetting the credentials um, instead of creating new accounts I think would be a more likely scenario. Yeah. Um, just because there's so much that goes into creating a new account, right? 
And so many yeah. like bells and whistles might go off. Like there's a provisioning <clears throat> script right. that like new. So so it will be very loud for you to create a new account. Yeah, right. resetting creds is way more scary. Mm-hmm. And I mean, depending on how deep that you go, you could reset someone's creds who is out of the office at that time, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and you know, part of the attack cycle that has happened here is they were borrowing techniques similar to what you know. Uh, intelligence agencies do they find individuals who are probably needing funds or are in higher debt loads and they are recruiting them um, via money right for a pretty penny in this case like yeah i saw the numbers of what they were offering it's like that's a lot of money that's a mm-hmm. lot of money it we'll, is. we'll talk about specifics in a, in a yeah second that's here. for the the group's methods but for this particular instance with okta was it um did someone get paid off or was it more of a phishing attempt i haven't i haven't seen any um any reports on the specifics there i've only seen the like the mandiant report that got leaked or parts of the mandiant report that got leaked um but same yeah so i think just social engineering is the broad term for how they got access at this point and it might have been paying the bpo contractor off it might have been, uh, you know, phoning in. There, there's, there's a the post that you shared this morning, Logan, talking about the tactics that this group has used before. They have like they seem to be fairly sophisticated. And for for context here, I guess I, I said that we talk about the number. Um, the posts from this group have offered twenty thousand dollars a week for access. Twenty G's a week, eighty grand a That's month. That's wild. That's $960,000 a year. That's almost a million dollar per year salary uh, for this sort of access. Granted, I don't think they'd pay for the entire year. Um, but I mean, like, that's, that's life-changing that's, that's money. That's nothing to sneeze at. And, it, and these BPO firms are typically operating in places where uh, you can pay them cheap salaries. Like, like one of the reasons that BPOs work is because you're actually uh, paying for a workforce that resides in another country where the standard of living is lower, where the exchange rate is is you know advantageous, so a day's salary there is going to be much much lower than what you would expect to pay somebody like in the continental United States. Mm-hmm. Twenty like twenty twenty grand to somebody living in San Francisco um, a week is high, and so you you got to think like well what if this person is living somewhere in India, right? Like twenty grand a week there right. is astronomical. Right. Literally one week is life changing. Right. Yeah. It's not just it's not like, oh, yeah, I got an influx of money. It's like if someone were to drop, you know, uh, a half million dollars for five days of access for your system. Uh, you'd be like, wow, OK, that is yeah. probably, you know, similar, similar experiences that, that feeling yeah. that these individuals are having. Yeah. So. This is definitely the other side of global arbitrage. <laughs> i mean it is yeah it is that is one thing that this kind of highlights for me is that um I, I don't not even the technological sophistication of these attacker groups but just like the business savviness like we really are mm-hmm. in a global economy now they're so um, effective it, it's 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 really effective um so that's that's the public statement of octa let's talk a bit about the additional information that we have um they're kind of like additional insights and and where i would where i would start with there from my days in pentagon like octa saying like okay yeah 
they got access to BPO admin tooling, whatever, but like, don't worry. Just even thinking through it, having never been a BPO contractor for Okta, having never seen what the Okta administrative tooling is, just thinking through what is the business function that the BPO is actually doing, right? Which is like providing you with administrative support for your customers. Okay, so that means that, you know, what are the various things that you would need support for on Okta? Like, oh, I need to reconfigure something. Somebody got locked out. I need something reset on my account that I can't do um, within my own access to, to like my own customer portal. Like all these different things. I, I think what, what, what I've said to my, my friends that I've talked to about this is like, look, if you gave me access to that device, if you gave me credentials to an Okta admin portal, I would wager a bet that I would be able to turn that into a compromise of an Okta customer. Um, but Okta's official kind of like uh, official statements have been, oh yeah, no, it's, it's, it's contained. That didn't happen. Um, you know, we're not, we're not worried about, we're not worried about one of our customers getting breached as a, as a result of this. And I, from the conversations I've had, it sounds like that, that doesn't square with reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I immediately think of is like if you're out of town and someone breaks into your house and, and you're, but it turns out that they didn't break in through a window or, you know, hack your security system. They actually just paid off your house sitter. Yeah. And then you say, oh yeah, you know, security was fine. <laughs> yep. Yep. The, we got uh, no alarms. How, uh, you know, <laughs> no, no alarms. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they disabled the system. Oh, okay. Um, one of the things that I have heard is that um, some Okta customers did actually get breached as a result of this, which is a totally unsurprising, given mm-hmm. the scope of what uh, what this tooling is is meant to do, and b does not really line up with the public statements that I'm aware of from Okta. Yeah, I don't have um, <clears throat> the original Okta statement in front of me, but did they? How did they phrase it? Did they say that no one was compromised or did they say the investigation was ongoing? I remember the way I, I internalized it. It sounded like they were trying to downplay the hack. Uh, oh, 100%. Like the first statement was just like, yeah, this is no big deal. You know, everything's fine. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I forget who it was, uh, but I remember seeing a post on LinkedIn and it was this one person. And he was just like, don't believe what Octave says. And he was just like, we have seen how they have responded to breaches before. And this huh. person was getting hate. Oh. Like, this is like day one, right? And this person was getting some serious hate. Uh, for saying that? For saying that, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, huh. everyone was just like, well, you don't know, blah, blah, blah. And this person was laying out like other examples where, uh, you know, uh, octave staff has been less than forthcoming around breaches and uh i just thought it was interesting right like i i didn't have all the information i didn't have that history knowledge of of how they handled things beforehand mm. um i don't know the players involved right like the the CISO of octa is not you know a golfing buddy of mine or anything like that so i thought it was interesting you know when at first when the breach first was announced i wasn't really um, saying much because the statement that they came out with was, hey, uh, everything is fine, right? Is essentially yeah. what it said. And I, yeah. We'll post a link in the description to the original statement. 
Um, and because it's been updated so many times, yeah. Even yeah. if you go like on their site, it's been updated a million times over. Not not literally, yep. but um, it it is. Uh, it was very much of a hey, you know, things are fine. Like yeah, there was a breach in in January, no big deal. And yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, sure. Um, and then you know that's when they changed it to okay. Um, so maybe two point five percent of customers were were compromised, right? Um, and, and it was, that is when I think it clicked for me, like, okay, so this is really, so, so this is really bad. Because uh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I, I knew it was bad beforehand, right? I thought it was strange that a company where there, you know, there, there was a breach, but they made, you know, no announcement or no communication to any customers at that time, right? And that's what a lot of people were worried about is, hey, you had a breach, you made no announcement to customers, even if you did not, uh, you know, if other customers did not get compromised, some of these customers, some of these executives in these companies who I know use Octave were saying like, it would have been nice to know that there was a breach just so that we could have extra eyes on the items that, you know, we have plugged into you. Yeah. And, you know, that there's a business like mindset of, you know, do you ever want to report a breach if nothing ever really happened? Right. And and there's arguments on on both sides of that. Uh, and, and we don't have time to get into those arguments. Yeah. Well, oh, but, hold on. Hold on. I want to I want to say something right there, because yeah. arguments aside, whether or not you think that it's a good idea to announce the breach, which like, yes, there are arguments to be had on both sides strictly from a business standpoint, you know what's kind of not able to be argued with? Compliance, regulations, and there are strict requirements around disclosure timelines for at least GDPR and I think CCPA, uh, which Okta is, I, I would assume, entirely obligated. They have to be under that. Yeah, they have to be. They have to be. They're operating in California. They're operating all over the EU. Um, so I think that is... That is, like, yes, you, you can make an argument for not disclosing uh, from, from strictly a business standpoint until you bring the scope of compliance requirements uh, into the conversation. And then it's really not up to you. Because um, Well, I guess right. you would. You, well, actually, no, I guess let me let me rephrase that. You could basically be saying, like, what is the fine from not being compliant here? And what is the potential impact to the business uh, of, <laughs> of just like saying uh, whatever? And it might be that you think the impact to the business, if you can get away with it, um, is actually less than the fine that you would be facing uh, if for being non-compliant. Potential fine, yeah. Potential fine, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 very you know Ford Pinto-y, right? <laughs> <laughs> we could Go recall on. this vehicle, or we could just pay out for the people that die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's too apt. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, so going through going through a little bit of this timeline. I mean, the yeah. we were. People were notified in late March that uh, a breach like a happened after yeah. the hackers posted screenshots, right? Um, Octave knew something was going on. And I think they said their time frame was like uh, January 19th, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if we look at the Manning report, it looks like the first initial compromise uh, was on the 16th. Um, it's not uncommon for someone to be compromised and them not know for like uh, a few days. So don't 
don't take that three days of difference as like, oh my God, they're not on top of the ball, right? If someone is accessing your system um, via normal methods, like logging in through standard admin you know, accounts, yeah, the the customer support portal, um, then it doesn't look like a compromise, right? So mm -hmm. uh, they notice, hey, something happened uh, on the nineteenth. Uh, RDP uh, login from you know a, a different different area. Uh, and then a Bing search. This is the part that actually I found a little Who uses humorous. Bing? <laughs> <laughs> that is well, only APTs. You know, you know, this is the same group that hacked Microsoft, right? Yeah. And they oh, got some man. of that Bing source code. So maybe they're just like, you know, Bing's my new home dog. Like this is this is some great stuff. I don't I don't know why they use Bing. Uh, well, I think real, real, I, I, real quick aside right there as well. I was thinking about this when you, you mentioned that earlier today. So Bing, this is the total aside, Bing messed up their name because when you Google something, it's Googling it. When you're binging something, it's binging it. But if you just write that out, it looks like binging. So they they messed up their name entirely. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think I want to say... I'll, you know the 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 desire in me to say this is an Easter egg, like a callback of like, hey, we're the ones that hacked Microsoft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Because there's no there's no reason to use Bing, right? I mean, who who literally uses Bing? I don't know. I, I, in fact, I know one person who uses Bing, and, and it's going to be the most standard, typical answer that you've ever heard. My dad uses Bing, right? <laughs> <laughs> because it's not Google. Like he yeah. he uses it because it's not Google. Right. Yep. And now he uses like DuckDuckGo, I think. DuckDuckGo, it's great. Um, it is great. But yeah, so so they use Bing to search for, and I'm reading from this uh, leaked Mandiant report. Yeah. Um, which, are we going to, are we going to post a link to that? We'll post I don't, a, uh, well, let's post a link to like the, the tweet or the whatever. Tweet. I, I yeah, want to yeah, post yeah. it, but um, yeah, 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 okay, it's okay. out there. Perfect. Um, uh, the, the individual who posted it has actually deleted some of his tweets. Uh, I've noticed. So, but uh, on this one, it says search for privilege escalation tools on GitHub <laughs> by, you know, account name redacted. Um, and it's like, okay. Um, and then, uh, you know, they, they use um, one of the tools uh, or, or they downloaded a, um, a tool uh, from GitHub. And then they, uh, they created a new account on um uh, that particular system that they compromised then they did an rdp login um the next day right mm -hmm. and that was a, mm -hmm. that's considered a lateral move uh in the networking space when you're in like a in your attack phase or your attack chain um setup so that is you know when octave started to know like hey there is something going on um and surprisingly at least in my opinion um, from them knowing that that is what was going on, um, they should had probably ended it that day. It does look like stuff was, you know, um, killed, uh, on the 21st. So this is from the 19th to the 21st. But now, now there's quite a few things that are happening, especially on the 20th. Like there's a ton of items. And then they just stop. It doesn't say that the kill chain and the many report is not clear. It doesn't say that Octave like address the issue. It's just 
the it looked like the malicious hacker no longer needed access to anything in Octave, uh, mm. so they just stopped. Um, mm -hmm. The last uh. entry into this report is last malicious login by account name redacted at uh, skies.com to Office 365. And that seems to be the last uh, item um, on this timeline uh, in this table. We'll post that tweet below that has both these documents up there. So it, it's not even like they were caught and it was stopped. And and I don't know. Maybe they were caught and they were stopped and that was the last one. But, I mean, Mandiant puts, like, mission complete after that last login. So yeah. the, it probably was the attackers no longer needed access to anything yep. that Octave had. And they were moving on to their actual target. Yep. And that's not great. And and one one thing that I want to highlight there um calling back to your question drew about like what part of this do i find most most uh you know kind of worst let's call it um a the reason that the public knows about this is first off like the attackers i, I think the attackers or maybe somebody like they were basically bragging about what they did uh, and they released screenshots mm -hmm. of the like remote desktop access that they had and in those screenshots, you see the timestamp in the lower right-hand corner, you know, standard windows, you have the time in the lower right-hand corner. And it's like, oh, this is back in January. And these tweets came out last week. So like the week of March um, 21st, right? So it's like, that's two months. That's two months. I forget what the GDPR um, breach disclosure timeline is, but I know it's not two months. It's much less than that. I think it's on the matter of days. Like basically... If you have been yeah. compromised or if there has been a data loss incident, um, then you are required to disclose that. 72 to at least hours. 72 hours. Yeah, okay, 72 hours. You're required to disclose that once you know about it to your customers or you are in violation of GDPR. And I don't know. I think that there's a, a similar thing within CCPA. Uh, but like that, that's one of the most damning parts about this is like, not only did you know about it, but you hired Mandiant to do forensics to figure it out. You got a report. Like you, you, you were going through the whole process and you never disclosed to your customers. And the reason that you even said anything was because the attackers were bragging about it and pictures made it out to the internet. Well, I think they got, I think they brought on Mandiant in March. Okay, but, it, okay, but, but to be, um, but yeah. regardless, they, they knew that some type yes, of compromise had exactly, happened. Exactly. Um, and, and that that is the part that bothers me the most, right? If a company gets hacked, like I don't care. Exactly. I, I exactly. Really How do you handle um, it? How do you handle that? I, I say right. this time you, and time again. The <clears throat> the measure, the metric to evaluate your security program is not did you get breached? And like if you're a sufficiently valuable or, or successful company, you're mm -hmm. gonna get breached. It's how do you handle it? Because that is the that is the hallmark of a great security program. You identify it, you address it, you announce it, you f handle the fallout, and the identify it is. It seems like all they all they really did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it it is. It reminds me a lot of like NordVPN, mm. right? And and that might and that might even be a little rude to the NordVPN. Uh, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> um, NordVPN got compromised. Um, and they knew about it and they didn't let anyone know, no. um, uh, one of their servers, uh, like a, a particular server was compromised. Attackers were on it so they could start, you know, um, 
Nord said, you know, they can't view anything, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Turns out that was a little <laughs> okay. less true yeah. than they thought, but uh, they didn't let anyone know. It, in fact, I, I think it got leaked that they got compromised. And it, you know, once that happens, you can never trust them. If NordVPN was the best VPN service provider today, uh, which they are not by a long shot, but if they were, I would still not use them because of how, how they handled the breach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is the reputational harm that you have from being breached is infinitely less important or less impactful than the loss of trust because being breached okay yeah that sucks um thanks for letting us know it's a little embarrassing you have egg on your face right your 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 buddies your other upper management buddies are going to give you shit if you're the CISO and and stuff like that just as a joking thing but the 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 loss that the loss of trust is going to be infinitely smaller yep. if you let individuals yep. know. Just let the affected individuals yeah. know. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, you don't have to let the whole world know, right? And and, and in some cases, it looks like, um, you know, depending on the breach, you, you might have to let, you know, the whole world know. But at a minimum, I, I believe even the, even the regulations that we've been talking about, it's let yeah. the affected parties right, right. know. Not, let, not make a post on it yep. on, like, you know, your Twitter account, which is how everyone seems to disseminate information now <laughs> from world politics to small companies, I guess. But um, on this, it's just like, just let them know. And and you will have so much more respect yep. from this, not just the security community, but like speaking as an executive from the business community. Yep. And that is the part that I still am just like, damn. Yeah. Like you made this worse for you. It was bad. It, it was real bad, and you just you you decided to make it yeah. worse because some reason. And I'm gonna give the CISO of Arctia um, uh, some credit. His announcements may and most likely were directed by lawyers, right? Mm-hmm. So we can't blame uh, everyone that we think we can blame. Yeah. Uh, we can probably blame the lawyers <laughs> always blame the lawyers <laughs> <laughs> which is easy to do right everyone everyone can blame the lawyers um but i just wanted to make that point yeah. clear that uh, some statements that come out during incidences like this are not original statements by the person who is laying them out yeah right sometimes they're just the mouthpiece for the lawyers and they have to take the hit on it and you know in the internal business world people will know that yep. right but Regardless of who announced it, how they announced it, and their message for it uh, was 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 quite terrible, yeah. in my opinion. I, it was not how I would do things. How yeah. about that? And that's that's just a just a follow on there. We've said this time and time again. I don't know if you've said it ever like explicitly in the show, but something that comes up regularly whenever we're hanging out, whenever we're talking, is that like in this industry, and granted, this is the same for many industries, but in this security industry specifically. The only thing that you have is your reputation, right? There are Absolutely. so many there are so many people that call themselves security engineers, that call themselves hackers, that call themselves security analysts, and I wouldn't give them that title. I would not give them that title because I don't think they deserve it. They don't they don't really have the the capabilities to do their job. There's so many people that are in the security space that don't really know what they're doing, which is why when you do have trusted parties, you tend to do business with them 
regularly, right? Like I, there's a, there's a reason that I try to protect my reputation. There's a reason that I, that I act with integrity. And it is because I know that like, that is what's get, it's either getting me employment or it's getting me reputation or it's getting me the job because they know that I'm not going to spout bullshit. They know that I'm going to like tell it straight. Like the reputation is everything. And that is what is so painful about this is that like Okta has the keys to the kingdom to so many really important companies. Like of all the things that you need to have a high level of trust with, the vendor that is handling authentication and authorization to all of your corporate systems. I don't think that there is another part of your security stack that you need to have more faith in. Because if that fails, that is literally the foundational element for every other part of your security program. There's like, you know, there's different levels of abstraction that you have to just like, you don't want to peel back the onion. You want to say like, look, for instance, we trust that the isolation between environments that AWS tells us exist actually mm-hmm. exist. Okay, cool. So I don't actually have to dig in there. I'm going to assume that all of this infrastructure that I have on AWS works as uh, as expected. You have that same kind of approach for your identity provider that like, look, the identity provider is bulletproof. It's not going to be a problem. Like if something does happen, we'll get it'll get disclosed quickly. There is no other part of your security stack that you require a higher level of trust with. So it is playing with fire to take a reputational hit as a company that fulfills this sort of uh, this sort of um, capability. And then one one other thing that I want to say because we've referenced it a handful of times, and I, I we probably have listeners that aren't aren't familiar. So we keep saying Mandiant, um, and Mandiant is a fairly well known company in the security space. And basically, what Mandiant does is they come in anytime. Basically, the big profile breaches. Like I want to say that they're the ones that got hired for the target breach. Um, but basically, if something bad happens and you're like, oh shit, what happened? The first company that you typically call within the security space is Mandiant. They come in, they look at the systems, they run forensics, they try to figure out what happened. They're basically the ones that go on the ground that run the investigation to figure out like, okay, what actually happened here so that you can act in an informed way. Um, it, it's funny, I, I uh, was talking to a, a security advisor um, and I remember in one of our conversations, this individual was like, yeah, you probably want to have Mandiant on retainer uh, you know, as, as part of a security program because if you need them and you don't have them on retainer, uh, you are going to pay through the nose uh, because this is mm-hmm. just their business model. Is like, we know that when you contact us, shit has hit the fan and we you know need that us you're now yeah you need us now and your budget is pretty flexible given how uh given how impactful it is so so that's who we're talking about when we refer to mandiant they came in they ran forensics they ran an investigation and um they generated a report with a timeline and uh i think it was like either yesterday or the day before uh somebody leaked part of the mandiant report to twitter so you can actually see the timeline of what they found that had happened um, on the machine that was compromised. Yeah, they're owned by Google now. Oh, that's right. right. They just got. They, yeah, that's right. That. That's right. That just happened within the yeah. past month or two. Huh. Yeah, M- Mandiant's business model, as described to me by a employee of of a Mandiant, was uh, we provide the pool that the dump the money trucks are dumping <laughs> money into. Uh, <laughs> I was just like, oh, hey, that's, <laughs> I'm in the wrong business. Who uh, <laughs> doesn't like dumb trucks full of money? Uh, I'm, I'll, I'll take one, please. Um, but let's let's talk about the attackers about themselves. Yeah, the actual right? profile yeah. of the yeah. attackers. And this is this is super interesting because this very much smacks of 
the Twitter attack or the, the Twitter hack when um, all those high profile accounts were tweeting the Bitcoin scam. So yeah, go for it, Drew. <laughs> yeah, so uh, these attackers um, are highly sophisticated teenagers in their mom's <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> They, I mean, they are they are sophisticated, right? Like we can't we can't knock them on that. They're good. Uh, we're just knocking them they're, on they're, their age. They're good. They're, they are yeah. good, though. Like, like uh, you know, if they were literally less, if they were if they weren't black hat at all, these are people Hires that a, a lot yeah. of teams would probably want to yeah. hire. Yeah, right? sure. Um, they're smart. Um, they they are both successful. They have business savvy, right? The leader um, of the group is is known to have or is is thought to have three hundred Bitcoin, so like net worth yep. of over ten million British pounds, and I'm saying British pounds because there's good reason to believe that this is an individual in the UK. Uh, yes, yeah. So it's believed that they are a sixteen year old, seventeen year old, the uh-huh. ringleader. 17. Oh, seventeen. Yeah. Okay, and then the rest of the team is in South America. Um, well, actually, hold on, the real, real quick. Uh, the yeah. the UK law enforcement has arrested, I think, like six individuals in the UK in association it with did, it. So they're investigating, um, but right. but yeah, so nothing has come out yet. Yeah, the the only confirmed like member that we have is that one in the UK, yeah. right? I know they arrested the others, but I didn't know if they were confirmed right. um, to be there. Um, this individual, um, I mean, he's been in the space for a little while actually even for being so young he used to run docs board docs i believe docs bin uh, uh docs bin yes thank you uh and uh i think he is attributed with that huge like leaking of the docs bin docs yes yes um, he is and and uh, which is crazy Do- docs bin is a terrible website literally uh you know, sounds exactly what it does. It's there to dox people. Um, uh, and, you know, there's some private citizens, stuff like that, uh, that have been doxed. You know, the, the level of creepiness of the docs go down to, like, videos in front of people's houses. And uh, so, so they used to run that. Then they moved into, or at the same time, they were, you know, buying exploits from individuals uh, for the on the cheap and then reselling them uh, for a profit. That's how they got most of their money. Um, and then when the group started, since they had money, they're like, hey, we have more flexibility in our methods to gaining access, right? We don't have to do all these righteous hacks. We just have to get people to agree to let us have access. And in fact, most of their successful attacks on big corporations is done through social engineering. Not just through paying someone, but through actual, you know, email phishing um, or or voice phishing of individuals. So it goes back to the point of like, you know, uh, you can't patch humans, yep. right? And uh, which is which is why you know whenever we do like something with social engineering, I'm always like, yeah, you can do security awareness training, and there's some benefit to that. But you have to have technical yep. controls for when that security awareness yep. training yep. fails. Yep. Because it will. Guaranteed. Um, always. Always. There will always be a better, you know, talker on the phone yep. than your training can prepare for. So uh, with that, it it is interesting to see such a young group of individuals being able to, you know, be, be quite successful. It, and, and it, it kind of makes me a little sad. Um, to think about like 
these are obviously very smart people. They have experience and they have, um, you know, they, they have the, the smarts in more than one domain mm -hmm. outside of just technical, right? Um, and they probably could have used that skill set for some really good yep. stuff. Now, they did this when they were a minor, right? And I don't know about the laws in the UK, um, but I know in the US, if you do really bad 17, things. Try it as an adult. Um, oh, no, is it? Sorry. Try it no, as no, no, an no, adult. No, I'm saying there are plenty of cases where oh, it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, yeah, you acted like a shithead at 17. Well, guess what? We're going to try you as an 18-year-old as an adult. Yeah. Yep. And, and I don't know if this is going to be uh, one of those cases. Usually, we, you, you see that on what we'll call, uh, well, just not like white-collar yeah, crime. Yeah, white-collar, right? yeah. Um, so, so we'll see, you know, if you murder someone at 17, yeah, you're going to be tried as an adult. If you murder someone at 15, you can still be tried as an adult. Right. Um, but I don't know what the statistics are and, and I don't know typically how courts lean when it comes to hacking and, uh, when you're a minor. So I think it's, I think it's very interesting that they're minors because I've heard, um, through the grapevine from people in the know that many cybercrime groups pointedly recruit minors to do this sort of work. Uh, so that's what I was yeah. getting to is like maybe they're not the masterminds, I don't think they are. right? Maybe maybe they got recruited. Yeah. yeah. And and the mastermind is is still yet to be That gotten. would explain a lot, you know. I if, if they're getting support. At at the, at the same time so um there's an article that came out where they actually got some um some quotes from the family of this individual. Uh, and one of the things that I found interesting in there is I think their dad was like, yeah, I mean, he's autistic as well. Like spends all his time on a computer, thought that he was just playing video games, but also he's on, he's on the spectrum. Um, mm -hmm. which like, I'll tell you, I, it wouldn't be, so yes, could be that he's not the ringleader at the same time. Like, look, some 17 year old that has been brought up with technology that probably had a phone in his hands from a really young age that like really focuses on computers. Like this stuff in my experience is not that hard. It's not that hard. If you know how computers work, getting into them yeah, is yeah. not the hardest thing in the world. At least I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't find it to be. Um, a few more, go for it. Yeah, and, and social engineering at at sixteen or seventeen is like not unheard yeah. of. Uh, that was someone I also saw made a post of like, you would know you're talking to like a young individual, and it was just like, no, you gone through puberty, <laughs> voice it, drops, it, absolutely not. Yeah, I was just like, yeah, maybe if they're 10, yeah, after the age of 14, they, they'll, they'll pretty much sound the yeah. same, right? Like I, I know I sound the same now as I did when I was 15, because I have a recording when I was 15 yeah. uh, of me and I was just like, oh yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah, I, I sound the same. Yeah. I'm just fatter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Lightly deeper voice. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it is, um. You know that we still are learning a lot, and it sometimes it's fun to make speculation on the hackers themselves. Um, I like to wait until the information yeah. is all out, mm -hmm. but know that I agree with Chris that it is not unheard of that a seventeen-year-old uh, who is hyper-focused on their goal um, could achieve yes. such yeah. results as hacking yeah. Nvidia, hacking Microsoft, hacking Oprah. I mean. And we don't even know the other individuals that yeah. they've hacked as well, right? Like there's a long list, I'm sure, that are going to come yeah. out. And every company right now, every major company is just playing the game of like, please don't be on that list. Please don't be on that list. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yep. Right? Yep. So 
Um, regardless, this this individual does have skill. Oh, sure. Whether the the ringleader or not, they yep. have skill. Right? Yeah, I want to be clear. And, I don't doubt his skills. They've had what, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it, it is a very interesting time. Um, and, and it's, you know, it sucks that the hack happened, but it's, it's interesting to see it from on the industry side, mm-hmm. um, mostly because it didn't happen to <laughs> yeah, right. Um, probably would be less interesting if we were one of the executives yeah. and one of the affected companies. Yeah. Um, but, but it is, you know, I, I think this, hopefully what I hope, what I really hope is that this breach becomes like a learning point for other younger executives in security and other younger engineers uh, or middle management who are going to climb up the ladder if they choose to. Not everyone likes to, right? I'm not saying it's a great thing to do. Uh, but if they choose to, they will see this and then respond differently if whatever company they work at gets breached. Yeah. A, a few more details uh, on the on the Lapsus group as well from from some articles that i was reading today and I, well actually let me let me start with i keep referencing how this reminds me of the twitter breach and so the similarities here uh in this case what we do know um there's at least one 17 year old that is widely thought to be one of the the like the main ringleader um and he's in the uk uh and got access to the system through social engineering a bpo and got access to administrative tooling through that twitter was Ringleader was 17-year-old uh, based in Florida, but his compadres were in the UK and got access to Twitter administrative tooling. And that's how they, uh, that's how they were able to send all those tweets. So this, this tactic of going after the administrative tooling that is being used by uh, support contractors, it's, it seems to be become, becoming more po- popular and rightfully so. It's highly effective. We do know, uh, well, actually, even going, going back a step further. So you were talking about Docsbin. And the article that I was reading was talking about how uh, this group had acquired Docsbin. And then basically, uh, the users of Docsbin got upset because they weren't maintaining it correctly. So it was like the, the site just kind of like went to shit. Um, and so they ended up selling Docsbin back to the original owners. But before they did so, they published a massive trove of all of the doxes on the site. And that also included unpublished doxes. Uh, and so apparently apparently on Doxbin, you could basically put stuff up and put it in draft format so it wasn't published yet. And so it also included all of that information. And this caused a huge backlash within the community. And the result of which is a bunch of Doxbin users actually doxed this individual in the UK. So I think one of the main reasons that we actually know who this individual is, is because of their mishandling of Doxbin, uh, the whole Doxbin transaction. And, and apparently the, the Docs release on this individual included footage from the street of uh, them in their unit uh, of, of where they lived. Man, and that, what a mess. That, yeah, yeah. And, and that, kind of, that kind of squares with some of the other information we have where it's like, oh, yeah, they literally are searching for hacking tools in a browser on the machine that they have compromised. I, I have done some sloppy shit. I've never when I that. have been when I have been like hacking systems as a penetration tester, I have never not brought my own tools. I have never not just like, oh yeah, I'll just download it from the internet. Like you're in an RDP session, remote mount, bring your tools in, obfuscate them, whatever. But like going to GitHub and cloning down Mimikatz and building it and running it locally, like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like that, that is <laughs> that is not sophisticated. And that is also a great way to get caught. Like, what a what a great way to get caught. 
Um, so we know that there's this individual in the UK. Uh, there, a number of others have been arrested and are, are being investigated in conjunction with this. And then the belief is that uh, a bunch of other folks are in South America. A lot of their posts are in both English and Portuguese. Um, and apparently they entirely organize on, uh, on Telegram and via email. So they're in this encrypted communication channel. They're, apparently the, their main channel now has 45,000 subscribers. So like, hey, by the way, another thing you probably don't want to do is gain a massive following when you're a hacker group. Um, assuming you're not anonymous and doing hacktivism. Um, but there, there are a number of things that would indicate like, look, these guys, yes, technologically very competent, uh, good at hacking into systems, but also from an OPSEC standpoint, eh, not, uh, not ma- making some pretty elementary mistakes, let's call it. Uh, I really get a kick out of um, these black hats retaliating against each other. Yep. yep and yep. and I wonder, it's like, what did, what did they think was going to happen? Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I'm I'm okay. So so okay, tinfoil hat going on. Um, okay. Let me get mine. Like, Ooh. what is what is the benefit of this? You might just be young and dumb, and so you want to like be like, hey, check it out. I got cool hacker creds. I hacked Octa, whatever. I'm kind of curious. It's like who who actually posted these images? Was it the person uh, the person that actually um, the, did the breach? Because I would to to your point, Logan, about how. There's a whole lot of backstabbing that happens within like the malicious hacker community. I wouldn't be surprised if it's somebody that wanted to take lapses down that posted this because the only reason we know about it is because somebody posted to Twitter at this point. And I don't know if there's any evidence that shows that it was actually the individual that did it. But I'll tell you, if you really want to light a fire under somebody's ass, you should publicly disclose the compromise that they did. (laughs) Yeah, that'll do it. Okay, so we're we're running long on time here. Um, y'all have any? I'll start with my closing thoughts. I'm then interested to hear what y'all have. Uh, like basically, like Okta for years, I have been an advocate for Okta. I have been like recommending them. I have thought that they were like they're the best option. You should always use them. I am deeply disappointed uh, in how this has been handled. I I would like to believe that this is going to be a, a good learning opportunity. Um, for Okta, but for the time being, I actually think that this probably disqualifies them um, as as a vendor that I would bring in to handle something so sensitive. So uh, you know, so so that's on the Okta side, and then on the on the on the actual hacking group side, I'm super interested to see what additional information we get about these individuals and their tactics and stuff like that. To the point of like, is this guy actually the ringleader or not? Um, you know, it, it it always surprises me uh, when somebody that does this sort of stuff does it in a country that has like really favorable extradition treaties with the United States. But time and time again, I say like your, your only way to be protected from uh, a group like Five Eyes is you need to be operating in a country that is just not friendly um, because otherwise you're going to have international efforts. Like hackers are a high priority to stop. So you better believe that if you're in a friendly country with, a, with the country where the companies you're attacking reside, it's not going to go well for you um, if, if you get caught. So, so that's me. What, uh, what, what do you guys have to add? Um, I don't know how much more I have to add other than I don't know what to use other than Okta. I know. You know? I know. <laughs> it's such a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would say if at least Octave doesn't uh, learn from, from this mistake, I hope other companies learn from the disclosure mistakes that were made. Um, 
I am interested to see if they will get any form of fine yep. or punishment um, due to certain regulations and areas in which they have to comply with. And on the team side, I'm very interested to see what is, you know, what is and what is not truth around who is leading it, um, their motivations outside of just money, and what what this means for other, you know, young hackers. Because some young some young hackers might see this and be like, "Wow, that person, you know, I have over ten million dollars personally." Um, I can start using my skill set for this mm-hmm. and seeing seeing if there is, you know, any type of influence. And we won't know this, you know, for the next like 20 mm-hmm. years. Um, but see how how breaches done by young individuals, uh, see if there's a correlation of if that influence other talented young individuals mm-hmm. in that space. All right. Well, cool. see you in two weeks. Cheers. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Security Explained. If you enjoyed listening, we'd love to hear from you. We're always looking for new topics that our audience finds interesting, and you might be able to pick our next show. Feel free to reach out via social media or give us a rating on your listening platform to let us know how we're doing. You can find us on the web at securityexplained.fm or on Twitter at SecExplained. Thanks again, and until next time, stay safe. Stay safe.